0: Wasn't that a wonderful song by Taylor? No, it never ceases to amaze me. It shouldn't amaze me at all that the Lord always brings the song and the message together. And we don't call each other or that's happened with Jenny and I and Taylor and I. We never plan these things, but it's always amazing how the Lord works it out. And I was sitting here this morning listening to it and the words just went right with the message and I started to just cry and I said, Lord, thank you. That's how you work. It's the Spirit of God. It just shows that the Spirit of God is working in two different people's hearts at two different times and bringing it together. It's amazing how great our God is. Taylor is a wonderful singer in our choir and youth choir and she's a blessing. So we thank God. Well, shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for this beautiful song. We thank you that when others fail us, You're always there, Lord, that you're always one that can be counted on. You're a faithful God and we thank you that you love us so much and we pray that you will nourish us and teach us in your word this morning by the Holy Spirit. Take the written word and reveal it to us in a personal way, Lord, so that each one of us can go home with something that we can feed upon for this week and be encouraged by Lord. Please hide me behind the cross. Help me to allow you, Lord, to speak. Your word to us. We ask this now in your precious name. Amen. You know, nothing happens to us in life that is not under God's control. And that's such a comforting thought. When you get up in the morning and you go off to face your day, you can know that the Lord already knows what's going to happen to you that day. And he's prepared you for your day and he's got a plan for that day and he's got a plan for your life. And whether you've been saved for a year or 40 years or anywhere in between, you can know that God has a plan for you. Even before he created the world, even before you were born, even before you were in your mother's womb, you know, you can rely upon the fact that God knew all things about you, everything that you'll ever do or say. And he never makes mistakes. He never fails. And he has a great plan for our lives. Our subject today is God's plan for our lives. And He has a plan uniquely suited to each one of us. My plan the plan for my life is different than Heather's. It's different from Jamie's. It's different from Ron's. Each one of us have a unique calling, a unique ministry, and he is working in our lives in a special way because we can touch others around us. I was at work the other day and I was reading my Bible as I do in the break room. And it's been such a great opportunity to talk to people because they see me reading the Bible. Well, this one man came up to me. He's there to fill the vending machine. I've never seen him before. He's filling the vending machine. He said, what are you reading? I said, I'm reading the Bible. He says, no, I mean, what book of the Bible are you reading? Oh, okay. So now the book. I said, I'm reading in Second Chronicles. And so I got to talking with him. He's a born again Christian from Fairfield, he was a gang member into all kinds of bad stuff and God saved him and changed his life. And I was so thrilled and so encouraged to meet another Christian. And you can see that the same Holy Spirit is working in our lives, changing our lives and has a plan for our life. Think how God can use a person like that with people he used to know and to be able to share how Christ changed his life and made him a new person. And if you're here today and you know the Savior, you have a story to tell. Christ has changed your life. You have a message. God has a plan for you. He wants to use you in a big and powerful way. It may not be to preach to thousands and millions of people like Billy Graham, but you can have a little sphere of influence where you work, where you live, in your neighborhood, to be a blessing. And that's what God wants us to do. He's developed the blueprint and He wants us then to. To surrender to Him and allow Him to have His way in our lives. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I know that this is one of Natalie's favorite verses. She's not going to hear the message this morning because she's in with the Sunday school. But she loves this verse. I love it too. It's such a blessing. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible. But no matter what version you read, it's all God's truth, it's God's Word. And it's got a great blessing for all of us. Jeremiah, prophecy of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. Here, this is the Lord speaking. I love that. The Bible is the only book that has God speaking in the first person. No other book, not the Koran, nothing else, has God speaking in the first person like the Bible. It's outstanding. Notice it says, I know the thoughts. And plans I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you a hope in your final outcome. May God bless the reading of this verse this morning that we're going to look at. We're going to look at three things from this verse this morning. May the Lord challenge and encourage our hearts. First of all, God knows the plan. Secondly, God carries out the plan. And third, God finishes the plan. And may the Lord encourage us as we study this subject this morning. I found a definition in the dictionary that I really liked about the word plan. It says a plan refers to any detailed method formulated beforehand for doing or making something. And think about that. God is the ultimate designer. He's the ultimate creator. He's the ultimate planner of all things. And he brings it about Perfectly. You know, man can work and do things and try to interfere with God's plan. But guess what? It always comes right down to the final conclusion. God brings the plan together and man cannot interfere with his plan whatsoever. So let's look, first of all, at the first point, which is God knows the plan. He says, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Think about that. Long before he created the world, long before even sin entered the world, long before any of us were born, God developed a plan. The plan of salvation that was in the heart of God. He knew even before man's sin that there would be a need to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. He made the plan of salvation. And also he made an individual plan for each of one of his people. That's the great thing. An individual tailored plan. Just for us. To me, that's awesome. It's outstanding. It's excellent. And I was reading over in Psalm 139 verses 14 to 16. Let's turn over to Psalm 139, 14 to 16. And here's some very beautiful things that David had to say about how God knew him and had a plan for his life from the very, very beginning. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 14. Here he says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. May God bless the reading of this beautiful passage of Scripture to our hearts this morning. David understood that even before he was in his mother's womb, God knew him. God knew everything about him. He knew his DNA. He knew his thoughts, his words, his actions, everything that he would do, good and bad. And God loved him and he loves us too. And that's the amazing thing. God knows all about me. Warts and all, as they say still, he loves me and he loves you, too. He knows all about us and he loves us. And that's why he sent the Lord Jesus to die for us so that we could have eternal life and be set free from our sins and enjoy the plan that God has for us. The context of this passage in Jeremiah is simply this, that the Israelites were going to be going into captivity for 70 years into Babylon. And then at the end of 70 years, King Cyrus was going to have a decree that they are to go back into the land Rebuild the walls and the temple and worship God again 70 years later. And sure enough, it was fulfilled exactly that way. And so when he says, I I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you. God had a plan for Israel. He still has a plan for Israel. All these things are happening today in Gaza, the withdrawal and all of it. God knew about that long time ago. And he's going to bring about a perfect fulfillment that one day they're going to have that land. Fully and completely. No more dispute. because And that will be when Christ comes and rules and reigns over them. And that's going to be a blessing. Uh, until then, I'm sorry to say that there will be no peace. Until the Prince of Peace comes. When the Lord Jesus comes, there will be true peace. There can't be any other time will there be peace on earth. But we thank God that the Lord Jesus, we can apply these truths to our lives. We can put our name in this verse. And I really like that. I can say it this way. Dean. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. Mike, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Byron, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Barbie, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. And it's so beautiful. He speaks it with tenderness and love and affection to each one of us. He says, I have a plan for you, for your life. And I want to use you to touch others and tell others about me. That's a plan. Someone once said, Nothing with God is accidental. Nothing. You often talk here about, well, it was a coincidence, it just happened. No, God has a plan. He has everything under control, and all we have to do is rest in him. And he gives us peace. He gives us tremendous peace that we can face the day resting in him. Someone also said, God looks down from his majestic throne on you. Amid the infinite variety of his works, you are not overlooked. Amid the nobler services of 10,000 times 10,000 saints and angels, not one of your fervent prayers or groans escapes his ear. What a God, what a savior, what a lover. And that is so true. You know, every prayer that you make, God hears it. Even the unutterable ones, the ones that are so deep in our hearts, they're just like groaning unto the Lord. He hears it. He feels with it and he loves us. And that is a tremendous thing. God knows everything and he has a plan for our life. He has a plan for our lives year by year. That's a yearly plan. But he also has a plan for our life monthly. It's a monthly plan. And he has a plan for our life weekly. It's a weekly plan. And he has also a daily plan, day by day. And he has an hourly plan, hour by hour. And now down to the second. He has a plan second by second. That's wonderful to know. God knows. And he is carrying out this plan. And we can rejoice in it this morning that God has a plan for our lives. As we surrender to him, we find that sweet peace that only he can give in an unsweet world. You cannot characterize this world as a sweet place. No way. But when you have Christ in your life and he's saved you and he's given you all these blessings and he's got a plan for your life, it's a sweet plan. It's a sweet life. It's a good life in Christ. Proverbs 16:9 says a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we can go along. We can make all kinds of plans for the future. I've got my 401Ks and I've got my accounts and I've got retirement things all set up and I've got all these things ready to go for whatever I'm going to do. And the Lord says, we're going to tweak it. We're going to change it a little bit here. We're going to change it a little bit there. And it never turns out exactly the way we thought. You know, if I ask you to raise your hand and say, raise your, you can raise your hand if you want to. How many... Are having a job or a career today that you decided when you were five, six, seven years old? Anybody? One. We had one. Very good, Sean. I like that. That shows he liked computers from when he was really little. That's good. But how many of it? So many times when I was young, I wanted to be an astronaut. So I bought my mom bought me this little astronaut suit. I remember back in Palm Springs in 110 degree weather wearing this astronaut suit. I just had to have astronaut suit. Other times I wanted to be a fireman. My dad was a fireman. I said, I want to grow up to be a fireman or other things. I want to grow up to be this or I want to grow up to be that. Sometimes God changes the plan. I went to school and when I went to school in college at Cal State, I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to coach. Now I coach the softball games. But, you know, God has a different plan. And I'm very happy with that because I got about halfway through school and the Lord changed my major from physical education to speech communication. Has God used that? Yes, He has. He used it from the time I went through it. I'm so thankful that God changes our plans to meet His ultimate design and plans for our lives. It's so exciting. It's exciting every day to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, you've got a plan for me today. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to trust you for it. I want to be available for you to serve you and to honor you. Lord, fulfill your plan in my life. So that's the first thing. God knows the plan. He hasn't told us yet. Many things specifically about what's going to happen in the future and tomorrow even. But he says, trust me, I know the plan. Secondly, not only does God know the plan, but God carries out the plan. Notice in this verse, he says, for I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. Plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. Stop right there. It says plans for welfare. You know, God has your welfare and my welfare in mind. He really does. And everything he does is for our good. Sometimes we say, Lord, does it have to be this way? It doesn't seem good to us at the time. But then we look back in our lives and we see how God has worked it. And we say, thank you, Lord, because you allowed that to happen at that time. I didn't think it was good for me at the time, but it worked out because God is the master planner. And when we put him first in our lives, we see that he works it out. The best way for us, he wants to prosper us first spiritually, and then he wants to bless us in the other areas of life as well. There's really seven areas of life that God is interested in for us. Spiritually, he wants to bless us. Physically, he wants to bless us mentally, emotionally, socially, financially and materially. He wants to bless us seven ways if we honor him. But yet, you know what the devil does? The devil whispers to us, has he ever whispered this to you? The devil says, God doesn't care about you. Look what he's done to you. He's blessing others way more than you. Look, you're a failure. You're a loser. Has the devil ever spoke those words to us at one time or another? Yeah, he has. But we have to say, get behind me, Satan. In the name of Jesus and his shed blood, get behind me, Satan, because God does love me. God does have a plan for my life. He has allowed these things to happen for the good. And God cares. He cares. That's what the devil wants to to dismiss from our mind, that God cares for us and has a plan. But he does. He loves us and has a plan for our life. Something beautiful. The word welfare is a beautiful word because it has two words, well and fair. Fair. He wants us to fare well in our lives. He really does. He wants to bless us and encourage us. And that's why the hymn writer could write that hymn, It is well with my soul. Because at the time he wrote it, it wasn't well with his circumstances. He lost his wife. He lost his kids. They fell overboard. They were going to serve as missionaries and they fell overboard and drowned. And the poor man was devastated. And yet he went in and he wrote that hymn, It is well with my soul. It's amazing because a Christian can go through the greatest pain and sorrow and affliction and can still say it is well with my soul, not with my circumstances, but it is well with my soul. Yes, God knows how to get us to the finish line in the best way. You know, we've been learning so many great songs in the choir over the years. And one of the ones that we're singing and learning right now for Thanksgiving, we're going to give you a little tip on what this song is. It's called. Bow the knee. And for those in the choir that have been singing these songs over and over and memorizing them, you'll recognize it so clearly. But it says there are days when clouds surround us. The rain begins to fall and the cold and lonely winds won't cease to blow. And there seems to be no reason for the suffering we feel. We are tempted to believe God doesn't know. When the storms arise, don't forget we live by faith and not by sight. Bow the knee. Trust the heart of your father when the answer goes beyond what you can see. Bow the knee, lift your eyes toward heaven and believe the one who holds eternity. When you don't understand the purpose of his plan in the presence of the king, bow the knee. Wow, what a song that is. You're going to enjoy it on Thanksgiving and maybe another time as well. Now, there's a story told in the Daily Bread, July 30th, just recently, of a Christian family that I can't believe all the afflictions that they experienced in their lives. But this husband and wife, when they got married, they said, Lord, we want to follow you. We want to entrust our lives to you. Lead us in the future. Well, the first thing that happened is their second son was born with a Down syndrome. Now, I know we all know what the Down syndrome is. That's the retardation, and it's very devastating. And when they had that, uh, their initial response was grief and shock and unbelief. Yet the same day, God encouraged them with those verses in Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But you know, their days in the desert weren't over yet. Nine years later, their fourth son was diagnosed with cancer. Before his third birthday, he was gone. Shock, pain and sadness crashed into their world. But once again, they found help from God and his word. The mother said, when the grief overwhelms us, we turn to God's word and his gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. I was really blessed by that story. I said, Lord, when, when the trials come, You give the grace. How could we ever face that? You know, if we knew that tomorrow we were going to face all of those things, we'd say, I'm going to stay in bed today. I'm not going to get up. No way. No way. But God allows these things one thing at a time and He gives the grace to handle them. That's what I appreciate so much. God's grace is sufficient for, and you can fill in the blank, whatever your need is, Whatever your situation is, he loves us. He's got a plan for us and he's going to do it and fulfill it. He's going to carry it out. The poet said his way is best. I cease from needless scheming and leave the ruling of my life to him. All it will be well, though now all wrong tis seeming all will be clear that now to me seems dim. So I am blessed. Yes, we can't always see clearly what God has for us in the future, It may seem dim, but God knows and God cares. You know, sometimes in our lives, God brings interruptions. He brings delays. He brings cancellations. And we can't understand it. We've made the plan. Everything's set in motion. And all of a sudden, it changes. And yet, we look to a God who knows everything and say, thank you, Lord, that you changed it. Because somehow, if I would have continued that way, that though it seemed right to me, it would have been bad for me. God knows there's a story told of in 1942 where there at the Coconut Grove, which is over in Hawaii. It was packed. It was packed. There were people there, so many people that the waiters were setting up extra tables and people were overflowing into the lounge area around the bar area. And it was dark. There was hardly any light there. They had artificial lights. Palm trees and driftwood and rattan and all these things looking like a South Sea setting. And one time the the man was there at the bar who was a soldier and he reached over and he unscrewed one of the light bulbs so the light was even less at that time. Just then, news came in for a certain doctor. His name was Dr. Vincent Senna. He was having dinner that night in the grove and he was paged that one of his patients had gone into labor. Oh, he wasn't happy about that. He was enjoying himself so much and he was grumbling and he went off, went to the hospital and he delivered the baby and he saved his life. And the reason he saved his life is not long after that, a fire broke out in the coconut grove and smoke and flames killed 490 people. If he had not gotten that call to go and deliver that baby, He would have perished in that fire. What an example of how God loves us and has a plan for us. And he knows what's going to happen. And he directs us at just the right time in just the right way. It's like when we were on vacation and Sylvia had that problem with her eye. We didn't understand it at the time, but we knew. And Adel even said, God has something. He's protecting us from something. He's directing us this way. And so we can rest in that. And we rest in God's goodness that he is going to heal her completely. And he's using it in all of our lives already. And it's going to be a great blessing. I think about how God dealt with Joseph. Remember all the things that he went through? If anybody could have gotten bitter in his life about his circumstances, it would have been Joseph. But he didn't. And even in the future days when he met up with his brothers and they were afraid that after their father was dead, that he was going to kill them and deal harshly with them. He said this to his brothers. Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. You see, Joseph accepted everything that happened to him as from the hand of God. And when you do that, you won't be disappointed, you won't be discouraged, you won't be wondering why, but you'll say, Lord, it's according to your plan. It's according to your will. And that's the best place for a Christian to be, right in the center of God's will. Not to the right, not to the left, in the center of God's will. And he gives us the grace to walk by faith. The NIV version says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. The New Living Translation says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Yes, may God encourage us today To look into the scriptures where we see men and women whose lives were in the hand of God and how they faced insurmountable odds, difficulties, obstacles, trials. And yet God brought about his plan and kept to his plan and fulfilled it. And God does that in his life. So God knows the plan and God carries it out. And then the third thing we come to this morning is God finishes the plan. Isn't that something you can rejoice in today? And I can rejoice in that when God has a plan, he finishes it. How many people in life start on a project, start on something to do and don't finish it? We've even seen freeways that have been begun or houses that have started to be built. They've laid the foundation and so forth. And they stop for one reason or another because they run out of money or they can't get the permits or whatever it is. But when God starts a plan, he carries it out to its ultimate fulfillment. And that's something that we can rejoice in today, that the final outcome with the Lord is wonderful. The final outcome is we're going to be with the Lord forever and ever. The rapture could happen anytime. I'd like him to come now before the end of the sermon. That'd be great. Before the end of the day. Like Adel said this morning, maybe we won't even break bread next Sunday because we'll be with him in heaven. We'll see him face to face. We're going to hear the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and we're out of here. I like that T-shirt where it has the, the fellow going up and all that's left is his tennis shoes and he's gone. He's been raptured. He's left this scene and he's not looking back. And that's going to be us, too. We're not going to be looking back. We're going to say, thank you, Lord. We're home. And that's going to be a great time of joy in our lives. Our service on earth will one day be completed. Our crown will be won. Our earthly life will be over. And we're going to say, thank you, Lord. Yes, he's working in our lives, and the good news is this, he's not finished yet. You're not looking at the finished product yet, and the same is true with you. I'm not looking at the finished product yet. God is working, and he's working in different stages in our life to make us like the Lord Jesus. And he's not finished yet. The Gaithers wrote a children's song a number of years ago with Kids Under Construction, the paint is still wet. Well, you can, the paint on me is still wet. God's working. He's working in our lives and that's why he brings things into our lives that we're needing right at that moment. Whether it be some kind of pain or sorrow or difficulty, some kind of challenge or opportunity, whatever it is, God never makes a mistake. He brings it into our life at the right time, not at the wrong time, at the right time, at the nick of time for our good, for our growth and for his glory. You know, I love that verse in Philippians 1, 6 that says, being confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you will continue it, will fulfill it until the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, God's not only a great beginner, he's a great finisher. He finishes everything well. Sometimes you see sports teams, they start off so well, like yesterday. I heard the Giants had a five to nothing lead. Five to nothing. And they lost in the ninth inning. Well, that can happen. But God is the ultimate finisher. When he starts off something, he's going to finish it perfectly. The devil will have no comebacks. He will have no chance because he is a defeated foe. Praise God for that. You think our days on our past in Christ are good? The days in the the future are going to be even better. And I like that phrase that Adel says, the best is yet to come. Has the Lord been good to you? The best is yet to come. And that is a tremendous encouragement for us. It gives us a tremendous hope to go forward, continue serving the Lord and being a blessing to others, because God has a plan for our lives, for your life and for my life. So in conclusion this morning, we can rejoice that God does have a plan and he is going to work it out perfectly. He knows the past. He knows your past. He knows your present. He knows your future. And he's working everything together for the good, like a beautiful tapestry, like when you go to make a quilt and you take all these different pieces and you say all these pieces by themselves don't make much sense. But when you put them together on the quilt and put it together in a beautiful artistic way, it's beautiful. And that's what God is doing. He's taking all those experiences from your life, past, present experiences, and putting them together in a beautiful collage to make it beautiful life. Yes, like the song says, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. He's making that beautiful vessel out of you and out of me. And it's not finished yet. And that's the good thing, because we look at our lives and we say, Lord, I'm not there yet. And the Lord says, yes, I know that, but I'm getting you there. You're further than you were yesterday you're further than you were a week ago or a month ago. You're growing. You're going forward. Sometimes we feel like we're that tortoise, you know, and we're going along really slow and like a tortoise, just walking slow. And the hare is just running so fast ahead of us. So we say, Whew, that hare he just went by so fast. But in the story of the tortoise and the hare, what did the hare do? He says, I'm so far ahead of this tortoise in this race. I'll just ta- lay down and take a nice nap. And the tortoise just kept. Plodding along, nice, slow progress. All of a sudden, the rabbit wakes up. The hare wakes up and he looks out ahead of him and he says, what? How did that tortoise, that slow varmint, how did he get ahead of me? And he gets up and he starts running and he starts sprinting. And he says, I'm going to catch him. And the tortoise makes it to the finish line first because the hare stopped. May the Lord help us not to stop, not to get discouraged, not to take our eyes off the prize or off the goal that the Lord has for us. He has a plan for us. He's going to fulfill it. All he wants us to do is yield to him and say, Lord, whatever you want from me, do it in my life. Yes, nothing happens by accident or chance in our lives. God has a greater design for us than that. He has a plan and he's going to finish it. And I'd like to conclude by a story that I read that really touched my heart yesterday yesterday. In a new book that I got, and it's uh, a story, it's a Chinese legend about a man named Sai, S-A-I. He had only one son and one horse. And one day the horse ran away. And Sai was very worried. Only one horse, and now it is lost. Someone told him, don't suffer, wait a little. Then shortly thereafter, the horse came back. But one day, his son was out riding the horse in the field, and on his way home, the son fell off the horse and broke his leg. Sai was very devastated. He couldn't eat, he couldn't sleep, he couldn't even attend to the needs of his son. But someone told him, More patience, Sai. Soon after the accident, a war broke out, and all the young men went off to fight, and not one of them returned. Only Sai's son, the cripple, stayed at home. And remain to live long with his father and make his father very happy. What a story. If that son had not fallen off the horse, he would have gone out to the battle and died and his, son and his father would not have him. God does not make mistakes. His delays, his, his cancellations, his interruptions to our plans are for the good. May the Lord encourage us today to just thank him and love him and say, Lord, Thank you for the plan in my life. Thank you for carrying it out. Thank you that you're going to finish it, Lord. And the finish line is heaven. Shall we close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, today we want to thank you that you have a plan for our lives. You've developed that plan before the foundation of the world. We thank you that it's a unique plan for each of us, Lord. We don't need to worry or fret or be anxious about the things we're going through today because it's all part of your plan. And we thank you, Lord, that your ultimate goal for each one of us is to be like Christ. What a great goal you have, Lord. And you're not going to fail in your mission. And Lord, we pray that we will just surrender and yield ourselves to you and be thankful every day. Help us to be excited, Lord, when we get up in the morning, knowing that you're going to have some things for us to do until you call us home. Lord, we thank you that you're the great planner and we thank you that you have the plan, Lord. And we pray that we would just yield to you. We thank you and praise you for this time. And we pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't know the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, help people to realize today that you have a plan for them. You want to save them and forgive them of their sin. And as they ask you into their lives, change their life forever. We commit ourselves now to you and thank you for this day. In Jesus' precious name, amen.